back. I think Grace. thank you for gathering us together for such a time as this. We give you praise for who you are and all that you are in Jesus' name. But let me celebrate our wonderful past. Let me tell you also. First Timothy chapter 6 verse 17. Command those who are rich in this present age that they are going to hellfire. Okay, I'm just making sure. I'm just making sure your Bible is. <laughs> not to be haughty. Haughty means to be proud. Not to trust in uncertain riches. But in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. Who gives us richly all things to enjoy. Who gives us richly all things to enjoy. Who gives us, talking about God, who gives us richly all things to enjoy. God does not mind you having things. He minds things having you. God does not mind you having materials. He minds you being materialistic. You know the famous scripture, Matthew 6.33. Seek ye first the kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. What things? Things that those who don't know God kill themselves over. God said, if you seek my house and kingdom first, I will add those things to you. If it is wrong to have things, why will God reward your obedience with what's wrong? Now, to put things in proper context, this particular chapter, First Timothy chapter 6, is where we read stuff like the love of money is the root of, well, the original King James poorly translated it. It said the love of money is the root of all evil. That all there's in italics is not in the original. It actually should be the love of money is the root of much evil. Some evil are not related to money. Praise the Lord. Somebody raping a three-year-old, that has nothing to do with money. You understand? So, but Paul, by the Spirit of God, is saying that the love of money is the root of all evil. Now, Ayo, by the Spirit of God, is telling today that the lack of money is the root of much evil. You cannot be a good father without money. I have two, two of them. I know. You cannot be a good husband without money. On her birthday, she, I don't care. She does not want to hear you fasting and praying and speaking in tongues. This one does not work by speaking in tongues. Now, only flour and chocolate fit fix this one. <laughs> and nobody's going to give you no flour or chocolate just because you prayed all night. Say amen, somebody. Provision is needed for the vision. No matter how great your vision is, you cannot get it done without money. So I need you to stop being religious minded about money. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Money is immoral. That means it does not have any value or culture of its own. It takes the culture of whose hands it's in. Money in the hands of a wicked man will accomplish wicked things. Money in the hands of a good man will accomplish good things. Money does not really change a man. What money does is money is an amplifier. Makes a man 
be who he is on a larger scale. If a man is stingy, he comes with a lot of money, he becomes more what? Oh, did somebody flash across your mind when I said that? If a man is wicked and he comes with a lot of money, he becomes more wicked. If a man is generous, if a man is a soul winner, put money in the hands of Billy Graham and millions will get saved. Put money in the hands of Osama bin Laden and... Now, I want to ask you a question. Whose hands do you think God wants the money in? And I hope you are not like many of these ignorant people who are saying there's no money in Nigeria. Well, I'm here because of God primarily, but I'm, I almost want to tell you, why do you think I'm here? I, I was in Houston. Seriously, I was in Houston. Pastor, are you praying or telling the truth? I'm doing both. <laughs> I was in Houston. And this Vietnamese man, he heard my accent and he came to me, where are you from? I said, Nigeria. He said, Nigeria, Nigeria, Nigeria. What are you doing here? I looked at the man like this. Nigeria, the easiest place on earth to make money. That's what he said. He said, what am I doing in Houston? Nigeria, the easiest place. He said the only reason why he left was, you know, that one time when they were kidnapping foreigners. He said that's what chased him away. That if not, he would have died in Nigeria. Nigeria is the easiest. Can you imagine that? And I had to go home and recheck my passport. I almost wanted to throw away the American one. (laughs) Praise the Lord. If you're willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. You will eat the good of this land. You will eat the good of this land. There is great good in this land. Great good in this land. Many are flocking in from the United States, getting here and swearing they will not go back again. God just needs to open your eyes and he will open our eyes to see. But before that occurs, we must get this, First Timothy chapter 6, Paul had been talking about godliness with contentment is great gain and thinking that you should flee youthful loss or pursue righteousness, faith and love and things that you should read. And then he, he ends with this. Charge them that are rich in this world that they do not be high minded. They should not be proud. Your greatest, and pastor, we've done a wonderful job telling, teaching the church about their inheritance in Christ. But I don't think we've done a good enough job of telling God's people how they're supposed to act when they come to their own. Your greatest temptation when you come to money, child of God, is pride. Pride is only proven in greatness. If you bring me a poor man and you say he is humble, maybe he is, I don't know. You understand? Because he has no choice but to be humble. Do you still love me? When you don't have money, you don't have no choice 
You don't say, oh, maybe can I choose filet mignon? No, no. Gary, today, tomorrow. And I'm not making fun. My, my ancestry came from severe poverty. I know what it is to be poor. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? But as you come into money, you come into options. Now you can choose either to follow God, follow the man of God, follow. Because now you have a choice. Before you couldn't choose. You couldn't choose. Praise the Lord. Now you can't. So Paul said, watch out. That as God promotes you, the temptation to be proud will intensify. Pride is what limits your promotion in life. The scripture said he gives grace to the humble. He he resists the proud. Watch out for ego. Your job is to keep putting yourself down. His job is to keep lifting you up. May he lift you to where you belong. He told Abraham, I will bless you. Good God. That means the job to bless yourself is not yours. I will make your name great. That means all those folk who go around church and pricing out their, 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 what do you call it, business cards, just wasting time. You can't do God's job like God can. And I will make you, I, God, will make your name great. I will make your name great. That's what he told Abraham. And you are Abraham's seed in Christ. That's the covenant you have with God. That they be not be proud in the behind man and not trust in uncertain riches. That they do not exchange their trust in the gifts as opposed to the giver. Hello, somebody. See, when you understand that, you will stop being afraid or full of worry because things do, have not gone right. Listen to me, because I'm talking to business people. Things hardly go right initially. It is the order of God to cause us to walk by stumbling. To cause us to talk by stuttering. The child who is too afraid to fall will never walk. The businessman who is too afraid to fail will never succeed. God causes us to fail into success. Get it. Praise the Lord. We have made more money in Houston from real estate than putting stethoscope on patients. We've made quite a bit of money putting stethoscope on patients. Doctors do earn, we have 22 doctors on staff, about. So, anybody who do doctors in America earn a lot of money? They do. $300 an hour. Calculate it. It's what we pay two doctors and two hospitals. Praise the Lord. We've made more money in real estate. Our first real estate that we obtained 
We bought it four million. Just be open with you. We bought it four million. We put down two million. Took two million mortgage. We were paying ten thousand a month additionally to make the mortgage payment on that property. That's the point. It was like it was the devil that caused this. <coughs> as busy as we were, we were all almost almost there every day, you know, because it was just I'm like, Lord, how did we get into this? This is supposed to be an investment, not a curse. I was tempted to just give it up. And if we had given up, then we'll have lost at least a million dollars. Thank God I didn't. That was 2008. In 2012, we paid it off. It brings in about $60,000 a month now. I get called almost every day. To say, the thing is not for sale, though. Yeah, they're finding my number everywhere, calling me. I want to buy at whatever point. It's not for sale. One guy said, how much do you want for it? I said, okay, I, I, yeah, I'm just joking. Eight million. He still has the, he, the contract on my thing. He wants to force me to sell for eight million. <laughs> Praise the Lord. He's had the contract there for. Can you imagine if I had sold it for three million? Many things in life are like that. Satan can sense people of destiny. He can. That's why he wanted to kill off all the kids when Moses was a baby. Wanted to kill off all the kids when Jesus was a baby. Because that's his modus operandi. He will always try to kill you in your infancy. Don't fall for that. Don't give up. Don't give in. Don't give out. I don't know who I'm talking to today. I know you feel like giving up. Please don't. Don't! It's going to get better if you stick with it. It is the order of God for us to fail into success. Always remember that. So I know how it is. Things can be so tough and so difficult. But never forget that God is in control. And he allows us to go through these things, the Bible says, to be comforted so that we can comfort others. It's just to make the message sweet. If I didn't go through that real estate experience, this message won't be as sweet. You understand what I'm saying? I will have loved the first day we bought it. It's making money. Yay! But now I can let you know, because you may be going through that, that you understand that God is in control and is going to bring you out to a great place if you don't give up. Praise the Lord. No, but let's get this. No, 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 I don't trust on saying, but in the living God, who giveth us what? Who giveth us what? You need to you need to blow that up and tell religious people. Who giveth us what? Who giveth us what? What? 
sister, your Bible. If you like, scratch it off your Bible. It's in my home. <laughs> Why should I set you for what you say when I've read what the Father said? Paul speaking about the Spirit of God. Let's read on. Now, don't miss this. Let's, let's give, give me verse 18 and 19. That what? And what? What? Child of God, this is the reason for prosperity. Don't miss it. Because ignorance of purpose makes abuse inevitable. I'm going to say that again. The reason why a man will be beating his wife is because he does not understand that the reason why God equipped him with superior physical strength is because he's supposed to be the protector of the house. So his lack of understanding of that will now be making him beat who he's supposed to protect. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And what has happened in the body of Christ is because many people do not understand the purpose of prosperity. It has made abuse inevitable. God is not going to bless you so you could show off. God is not going to bless you to be a, be a big superstar. God is not going to bless you so we can put your ego. God is not going to bless No, 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 no. He wants to make you be rich in good works, ready to distribute, willing to communicate. This is the reason for kingdom prosperity. You need to understand that. Before we go any deeper, you must get it. That what God is trying to get to you is not just for you. It is because God wants to wet humanity through your hands. And if God can get it through you, he will get it to you. God is looking for men and women, desperately searching for men and women. Who will be the solution? Who he will use as solution to humanity's problems? God doesn't appear when you pray, oh, we have to pray. Yes, we have to pray. But after you pray to God, he doesn't answer the prayer by appearing at your backyard and raining uh, dollar bills or pound bills. No, no, no. It doesn't happen that way. Give me Luke 6.38. Luke 6.38. In the original King James. Original King James. Not the new one. The original King James. Luke 6.38. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. It begins by saying, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken down, and running over. Shall what? Shall what? Shall what? Oh. Oh. Men, human beings are all who God has to answer your prayers. Men are all who God has to bless you. Men are all who God has to give, to take, to give you your next breakthrough or miracle. You are 
only one connection away from your next breakthrough. Somebody said relationship is the most valuable currency. Not dollars, not euros, not yen, and certainly not naira. Do you still love me? (laughs) Praise the Lord. Relationship. 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 Some relationship you need to initiate. Some relationship you need to cultivate. Some relationship you need to regulate. Some relationship you need to eliminate. I'm going to say it again. Some relationship you need to initiate. Some you need to cultivate. Some you need to regulate. Some you need to eliminate. You must manage and monitor your relationships. You are who you are today because of your relationships. Relationship with God. Relationship with people. When God wants to bless you, he will always send you a man. When the devil wants to destroy you, he will always send you a man. God wanted to bless Ruth, send her Boaz. Satan wanted to destroy Samson, send him Delilah. God wanted to bless Adam, send him Eve. Satan wanted to destroy Adam, send him Eve. What's up, Sister Eve? This is Sister Eve, get plenty of power. Praise the Lord. Shall man Man, man. So God is looking for men that he's going to use to be the solution to people's problems. No matter how hard you pray, if God cannot find a man, it cannot be solved. So you and I we have to get to a stage in our walk with God to tell him, Lord, I'll be the man. Use me to be the man to be a blessing to humanity. Say amen, somebody. So understand that God is not interested in increasing your ego. God is not interested in you showing off. God is not interested in you being boastful. God is not interested in you settling score with somebody who told you you were never going to make it. And now you want to prove to them. Come on! God's will and purpose for your life is, to, is far more important for you to want to prove something to somebody who does not care. God's purpose is that he wants to use you to be a a distribution channel. Ready to distribute, willing to communicate. That they be rich in good works. That they be rich in good works. So you need to get that understanding and that's, that's the reason why God wants to make me rich. Do I have a bottle of water? Can I use that? Praise the Lord. This bottle of water is designed to hold water. If I'm thirsty, it's designed to use water to wet me and be a blessing to me. Praise the Lord. But how many know that I cannot use this bottle of water to hold water without it being 
works itself. God cannot use you to be a blessing without you being blessed yourself. Look at what he told Abraham. I will bless you. I will make your name great. I will make you a blessing. I cannot make you a blessing until you've been blessed. Hello, somebody. So God is not saying, I'm going to give you $100 to get all the $100 out through you. No, 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 no. But I'm going to use you to be a channel of blessing. I'm going to use you to solve humanity's problems. I'm going to use you to be the solution to somebody's dilemma. To be the answer to somebody's question. To be the breakthrough to somebody's prayers. That's why he's called you. That's why he's arming you. That's why he designs to bless you. Please get that. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Give the Lord a wonderful round of applause. As Pastor Alice comes. Well, praise the Lord. Uh, it's truly, I'd say it's truly a, a delight to be here tonight. And my delight tonight is because Pastor Rotoa is happy. <laughs> God is good. Uh, I, I want to say that, you know, sitting I came in on a flight a few days back, five days, and reminisced over a number of things. And, you know, there's that feeling of who would have thought? Who would have thought that if you dared to succeed, the success will come your way? You see, when we sit down and tell ourselves, what if I don't make it? What if you did? What if it prospered? What if that's the way that God wanted to make for you? You know, years ago, the Lord said to me, if you're willing and ready to give it, and I used to wonder what that it was. He said that, then indeed, I am willing and ready to bring it into your hands. And I remember when we made a pact to say, God, and I pray all the time. People say, uh, if you know Pastor Alice, there's something she says always. She says, whatever you do, do it as unto the Lord. Uh, my, I speak a Nigerian language, well, two Nigerian languages. And in one of them, it says, For those of you that know what, know what that means, it says, whatever you do, do it as, as if you're doing it unto God. Whether you are working for somebody today as an employee under somebody else. You see, many of us think that the money that they pay us, that is the source of our increase. That's why if my paycheck is short $10 or whatever, you fuss, you fight, you get all mad and all kind of stuff. But you see, really and honestly, when you begin to do and work at what you work at with a recognition in your heart that my increase and my blessing ultimately comes from God, then you begin to understand that you're not limited by anything that any man could do for you. See, many of us are looking to men. We're looking to the one that will give me the contract. We're looking for the one that will, you know, be there to give me some amount and that amount, that uh, gain here, that promotion here. 
If your heart is to do it as unto the Lord, you see, that's where we get the, the cross. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. And the next one, the Bible says, is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. A horizontal relationship with God in your mind, understanding that my life belongs to him. I'm all I am because of him. And in whatever I do, I do it for good and I do it for God. You see, God will identify you. He found Moses in the backside of the desert. God will always identify you. Men may not know your name, but believe me, God knows your name. You might be in Okitipupa. Is there a place like that? God knows your name. No matter where it is that you are, whatever you do, he holds himself responsible to be your rewarder. He says, I am the rewarder of them that diligently seek me. The other thing is when you serve humanity, I want you to understand that God equates himself, your boss at work, God equates himself. If he knows the Lord, equates his relationship in relating with him. He says, that's my brother. Whatsoever you do to the least of my brothers, you have done it to me. So in our servitude of God, we must be mindful that as we serve God, we serve humanity. We serve God, we serve humanity. You see, if you want to be accelerated in life, you don't start in business asking the question, how much money can I make? It's never about how much money can I make. It's always about how much of a difference can you make in people's lives. Anybody that will make a difference in people's lives. They say, Pastor Alice, all the time I tell people, another, if there's another word that they know me by, it's a prayer or confession that I take. And that is, Lord, make me a blessing. That I'll be a blessing not to a few, but to many in my generation and for generations to come. If that's your prayer, shoot up your hands that God make me a blessing. Not to a few, but to many in my generation and for generations to come. You see, we've got to have a mindset that says, you see, I am not here. There are destinies that are tied into yours. I am not here on my own terms. I am here in the calendar of life for a purpose for such a time as this. To make an indelible mark in my generation. And that mark could only be made, God reads it in the pictures of the lives that you affect. Some of the people that walk the face of this earth, they didn't live too long. But let me tell you something. The man that lived the longest, I heard Pastor Ayer say once, and I laughed so hard. He said, Methuselah, he lived so many, over 900 years. And when all was said and done, all the Bible says about him was that he lived long. Anybody can tell me something that Methuselah accomplished? He invented some medication he introduced to the world. He raised the dead, opened the blind eyes. None of that. But look at Jesus in the short time that he was here, less than 35 years of age. But look how much impact he has. The generations after, we're still talking about him. When we write the date, you put down today's date, and you put the year 2020, Eno Domini, giving credence, meaning the year after his death, giving credence, whether you're Muslim, Hindu, Buddhist, whatever you are, you give credence to the fact that he came, he lived, and he died. Every knee, every tongue will confess that he is Lord indeed. Now, I want you to understand that the starting place, God does not deal with us from the things that come from the outside, but the things that come from the inside. It is that place of your heart with God. You see, in the midnight hour, God will put ideas in your mind that will oddly blow your mind. When we started the emergency, I don't want to take off his message, and I know he'll probably speak tomorrow in more details. But 
I remember when, when that business came in our hands to start the emergency room. Who would have thought? We sat down one day, and there was something else, and I'll share this with you. Now, if you hear my accent and his accent, you know we were both uh, born in Nigeria. I'm 100% made in Nigeria, and I'm proud to be a Nigerian. Praise the Lord. I'm just going to let you know. Say it as it is. Now, I want to say this. Who would have thought that God will have us where we are at? When we finished residency, or first year of residency, the Lord said start a church. In a hospital, a Jewish hospital, we didn't have no green card, didn't have anything to, we were there legally, not illegally. But God said do it. And we started in a place of saying, God, we want to know you. How God allowed a Jewish hospital to let's put a church in a basement of a Jewish hospital, I do not know. Praise the Lord. I don't know how he did it. Fast forward so many years, we moved from New York and testimony after testimony about how God did it. He asked us to go get a building. Uh, we were five members. When we moved to Texas, five people in church, and God said, go buy a building, $1 million. We got there, and the guys there said, Pastor, you want, you want this building? I would say, yeah, we have 300 members in New York. He said, Pastor, if you go to New York and bring those 300 members here, perhaps we'll give you guys a loan. <laughs> But somebody laughed with me because when the when all was said and done, his bank and the other bank were fighting over each other to give us a loan to start our church. But we didn't need them for too long because two years after, we paid it off. And the next project we did, the Lord said, you're going to do it with no loan. Five million dollars, and the Lord did it. I want to say this, and I beg you in the name of the Lord. When you say yes to God, we didn't have papers. I learned that we were the very first. We finished residency. The Lord said move to Texas. We had been in the country for 13 years. Never went out of status for whatever reason. I really could not explain. And when all is said and done, we discovered that we, we were the first ones to receive a, le a letter from the United States government that granted a national interest waiver for physicians to have a stay in the country. That is God. When Pastor mentioned the first to open a freestanding emergency room, it was one of many firsts. Who knew that the little girl from Lawanson, that's where I grew up. Who knew that God will take you beyond the levels of your imagination? If God could do it here, he can do it for you, for you, for you, and for you. God bless you. Hey, please, just I want you to pray for all.